You're now listening to Fundamental Fast Pitch. Hey, y'all. It is Jessica Tanner here with Heather Maloney on the Fundamental Fast Pitch podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about episode number 62, uh, Keeping Your Cool During Chaos. And this one is specifically targeted for coaches, although it's probably applicable to players and parents as well. Um, So we're just going to kind of talk through some things that we have experienced that we have grown to learn and adjust and kind of just figure out along the way through our coaching softball journey um, with just different examples sprinkled in here and there. But um, Heather, let's go ahead and jump right in. Um, What are some of the common issues that you see that cause coaches to just lose their mind? I think um, we've got probably three top kind of things that, that kind of get under coaches' skins and would kind of cause them to lose their cool. Um, one is the, the other parents, um, maybe, uh, the other team's parents, maybe if they're arguing calls or just constantly talking and chirping and talking trash, maybe about your, your players or the way you coach, the way your team, um, plays or behaves, um, definitely belittling any players, um, parents that talk down to or about any of the players during games are something that definitely gets under my skin. Uh, so that's, that's probably one of the top things that get under uh, coach's skin Um, the other teams and the way they coach the game and the way that the players play whether it's poor sportsmanship or I don't know just their demeanor on the field that can that can cause problems for coaches and then I'd say by far the number one thing that causes coaches to blow blow a gasket would be umpires I mean how many times have you seen a coach lose it on a bad call it just it happens all the time and it's something that if you don't consciously make an effort to stay calm during those times you're not going to stay calm yeah and so we've kind of noticed a trend too right like we've been coaching around the 10u and 12u um ages and those are your more developmental ages right well but you also get i'm gonna call them your developmental umpires because they're not they're not the best they're either still learning or just, just, you're, you're not going to get the calls that you would, or at least the consistency. Is that more applicable, Heather? Yes. Consistency is, you know, I can deal with an umpire that makes some bad calls, especially talking about strike zone. Um, You know, your your strike zone is not going to be perfect, but if you're calling some pitches up above your head and then all of a sudden you start calling them on the ground, well, that's, that's so inconsistent. It's, it's really hard to deal with. Yeah. And I'm with you there. So this will, we'll kind of throw in our own little ticks and pet peeves, but on the umpire specifically, like I actually don't mind like the strike zone or like maybe the bad calls, unless they're obviously like blatantly bad. But for me, the umpires that get under my skin are the ones that, and we've, we've kind of touched on this briefly, but with us being like female coaches, the ones that either speak to us a certain way or um, won't, won't give us an explanation or won't, um, won't ask for help or just blatantly like, no, those are the ones that make my blood boil because it's not even like you're trying to go out there and argue, but it's looking for like understanding from a teaching perspective to be able to provide an answer to your players and, and, and kind of learn from it. And those are the ones that I, I, I have to make sure I keep myself in check, um, so that the rest of the game doesn't kind of, um, unfold poorly yeah when the umpire doesn't know the rules that that's that's a pretty big one for me uh especially at nationals do you remember <laughs> that when we're at nationals and it's it's every tournament that we've been in and it's been a different call or a different ruling or a different explanation and then at nationals yeah anyways sorry to go off on a tangent um 
Uh, I'm with you too. So on like the other teams, um, I'm going to specifically note high pitch screaming when the pitcher is like in the middle of her pitch, um, drumsticks and cowbells. Those are all up there with, with, we'll get, we'll call them added stressors. Uh, and then parents too, I'm with you there. The, just the belittling, um, you and I are very similar in that we are like the mama bear coaches and very protective of our players, um, because we have a certain culture that we've worked hard to set. So, when it comes to the parents that are, and even like screaming at the umpire or or their kids, like that's something that gets under my skin more than anything because you've got parents that are belittling and being negative towards their parent or their players or their own kids. And just, I mean, it's youth softball, it's children's sports. So yeah, as a coach, those are, those are definitely some, uh, some kind of ticks that are going to make it hard to keep your cool. Um, knowing that, why is it important to keep your cool? I'd say first and foremost, it's because you're setting an example for your players. If you're see, if your players see you lose it left and right, you know, if they can assume that every tournament you're going to lose it, you know, two, three games in that tournament, then that's a really bad example to set for these girls. They are like sponges. They are soaking up everything that you are showing them. And I don't know about you, but I want to teach them to, to, uh, you know, be responsible and grow up to be productive members of society. And if they're constantly losing it because they're emulating you, well, that's not, not a good path to go. So keeping emotions in check, teaching them how to, how to work through big feelings. Um, I'm going to add to that too, especially your younger players, like uh, and girls, we've talked about this. Girls have to feel good to play good. Um, but if they are in, in an environment where they're uncomfortable or scared or just unsure, it's going to take away from their own personal confidence. And that's the last thing we're trying to do as coaches. So I'd say that has a direct impact as well. Um, and not only the players, but their parents too, right? They they need to feel comfortable with you on the field with their children and other children. Um also, it, it directly influences the outcome of the game. Uh, if you start chirping or losing your mind, um, the umpire is going to notice. You're going to notice that strike zone either getting really big or really small, depending on which side of the ball you're on. Um, he's not going to give you, he or she, excuse me, is not going to give you much opportunity to ask for calls, argue calls. Um, so you'll notice that basically you're going to get a much shorter leash when it comes to um, working and being cordial with the umpires. And then this one, this one's important for me just because I've been obviously playing, but also coaching for a while. And the softball community is very large, but also very small. So word is going to spread quickly about your coaching style. And if you're a hothead and if you are constantly arguing with umpires or getting thrown out of games, um, your reputation is going to start uh, speaking for itself when it comes to tryouts and recruiting and all of these things in the future. So that's, that's also very important to keep in mind. Like I can tell you there have been times where we're looking at teams and we haven't even played them yet. And I'm like, Oh, that's that one coach. I was just <laughs> going to say that. I was just going to say that's how, you know, when you start identifying teams by the coach, you know, that's that coach that always gets tossed or that coach that's a jerk. I mean, you've, you've established a reputation and you're not going to be able to shake that very easily at all. Yes. That's um, yeah, that's definitely a big one. So um, let's talk a little bit about what to do as a coach when things start to get out of control. Um, and this is one of those two, we talked to the girls about this, but 
controlling the controllables, right? Attitude, effort, focus, um, attitude, how you respond. Yeah. How you respond, how you communicate, um, how you choose to act when things are not going your way or you don't get a call or things like that. So, um, again, taking that approach of being a good role model and controlling your emotions. Um, what are some other things that you can, that are like helpful other when things start getting out of control? So for me, probably when I think about, um, when things start to get, you know, emotions get elevated and things, I feel myself starting to get worked up, you know, control the controllables for me, um, focus. If I can focus my attention on what my team is doing and, and kind of, I mean, of course you can't totally block out the other team. You're playing a game, but instead of focusing on, you know, the the mistakes or the missed calls that we're not getting or anything like that, if I can focus on what my team is doing and focus on the strategy there or the execution there with our players, that helps me kind of recenter and and stop worrying about the things that I can't control because I can't control what the other team is going to do or how they're going to react or the the calls that the umpires are going to make or the decisions the umpires are going to make. I can directly impact how our players are going to play though. Yeah. And I think that brings up a good point too. Like as a coach, let's say like, let's say you're not the one losing control, but that coach on the other side of the field is going like manic. Right. I think that's also a good opportunity to like bring your team in, redirect their focus. Um, I'm, I'm always very upfront and honest with them. So they're going to have questions, answer their questions to the best of your ability. Like coach Jess, what's going on? Well, I'm not really sure, but the umpire is not happy with how that coach is behaving right now. And we're going to focus over here and here's what we're going to do, or even lighten them, lighten the environment, right? Like, crack a cool dad joke or like um, ask them a a question about the game or give them a pop quiz on how many outs in situations, something to just rein them back in where they're not only not losing focus, but then they're going to step on the field, either, like I said, uncomfortable or confused and anything, but what you're trying to have them feel, which is confident and ready. That's a, that's a real good point because uh, in some of these situations, you can feel the tension and it's it's like you said, it's uncomfortable for the girls and, and especially at the age that we coach, they don't always understand what's going on, at least not completely. They just know things have gotten weird and they don't know how to act, uh, you know, with it. So if you can be, um, you can balance with being extra calm and comfortable, um, they, you know, they'll find comfort in that and feed off of you. Yeah. And I, I mean, Heather, I can remember several situations in the past couple of seasons where I have been uncomfortable as a coach. So if I'm feeling that at my age, like I can only imagine how these younger children are trying to process. So um, that's that's a really good point. Um, let's say you're the coach that is getting heated and feel like you're about to lose it. A um, couple of options we have there. Um, first and foremost, um, tag a friend, tag somebody in, let them take your place. Hey, um, let them know, hey, <laughs> Heather, I'm about to lose my mind. I need you to handle this mm-hmm. and just remove yourself from the situation until you feel like your emotions are in check. Um, that's usually the safest bet. Um, you can take a walk, same thing, have somebody tag in for you, take a walk, um, just kind of give yourself some space to settle down a little bit before you engage with anyone. Uh, and then Heather, I'm going to go ahead. The, my favorite, and this sounds so silly, but I promise you it's a thing. Um, grab a snack, peanuts, sunflower seeds, um, granola bar, um, sandwich, whatever it is, but hangry does not help in a heated environment. So that's, that's always something have those on hand. If anything, it's a distraction too. Um, 
So those are kind of some ideas to, on what you can do as a coach when things start to get out of control. Heather, you got anything else to add to those? Yeah, I'll just add with the snack. I mean, if you've been out there all day, you're probably hungry anyway. So go ahead and grab a snack. And and just remember that that when you take the, when you take a second to maybe take a walk or just take a breather, like your your players see that your players see that you're setting a healthy example for how to handle things when things get heated and they are watching and they're noticing they will follow suit. They'll be less likely to lose their cool and um, let those big emotions get out of control. And it's going to take time. Not all of them are going to you know, feed off of you immediately and learn those things. But when they see you control yourself over and over again, they will you know, follow suit and learn from you. Yeah, absolutely. So those are some helpful hints on what you can do whenever, uh, whenever you think feel things start to spiral or lose control. Uh, let's talk a minute about what you don't want to do um, when things start to go south. So first and foremost, do not scream. Do not scream at the children. Do not scream at the umpires, the parents. Um, do your best to maintain like a healthy level of volume where it doesn't come across as condescending or rude um, obviously you're going to be a little bit animated, but that's a good first, first, um, step to, to help kind of control the situation. Um, throwing things that is never a good idea, whether it's your hat or a clipboard, or let's say the snack didn't work. So you're throwing a snack. It just, we don't want to start throwing things because we're trying to teach the players to be respectful and control their emotions and not throw their equipment and, what kind of example are we setting if we're going around throwing everything that's in front of us, buckets, balls, you name it. Um, those go along the lines of being disrespectful, again, to anyone, parents, players, coaches, umpires, um, other fans, uh, keeping it respectful, trying your best to keep it kind, cordial. Um, that's that's going to make sure that things just kind of stay um, nice and steady and don't go um, any sort of negative direction. Uh, Heather, what else you got? Um, arguing. Arguing is a big no-no. I mean, you're going to go, like, say if it's a, a bad call or a call you don't agree with, if you go talk to the umpire, that's fine. That's great. Be, like we're saying, be respectful. Um, you can disagree, but there's a difference between disagreeing and arguing. Uh, arguing is going to get you nowhere with these umpires. Uh, you know, they're out there in the hot sun all day long, just like, you know, all of us are. And, you know, if you start getting disrespectful or start arguments with them, not only are they probably not going to even consider changing their call, but they're probably going to go the other way and, you know, kind of take it out on you on the rest of the calls during the game. And if you really made them mad, they'll remember the, the whole rest of the tournament. So how do you that, that's very right. But how do you respectfully um, challenge, I guess, challenge a call? or ask for a ruling without arguing. Right. That can be tough. Um, I know for me, I just, it starts with how you approach them. So you call time, you walk out onto the field and approach them and, you know, a non-threatening manner. Uh, I think, you know, if you come stomping out there and, you know, kind of puffing your chest out, they're already going to know, okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, but if you just, you know, jog out to them, stand in front of them, Hey, hey, Blue. Um, I, I, you know, I don't. I think you were your position. You were a little out of position. The player was blocking. I don't think you had a very good angle on it. Would you mind asking the other coach? You know, yes, sir. No, sir. You know, please. All, all your, use your manners. Right, yeah. Use your manners. Um, just be respectful. They're just people, just like us. Um, and if 
you're going to you're going to run across the umpires that just refuse to ask for help. And if you've got one of those, there's you you, you can argue you can get disrespectful. You can do all those things. It's not going to change anything. They're not going to all of a sudden. OK, well, since you're really mad at me, I'm going to go ask the other umpire. It's, it's just going to shut them down even more. So there's just no you're not gaining anything by by being disrespectful. I feel like this is the perfect leeway into my favorite current um, umpire situation. I just, I, this actually happened our last tournament. Um, so we're playing FASA or USFA? Um, USFA. No, FASA. FASA. So we're at a FASA tournament, which they sometimes have a rule that whoever, <laughs> whatever coach um, takes the meeting at home plate, uh, the pregame meeting is the only coach that can uh, be on the field to talk to umpires, argue calls, things like that. Um, the problem is sometimes that's a rule. Sometimes it's not. Um, this particular game we were playing and uh, it was our third game back to back to back. Um, I absolutely had to go to the restroom. I ran to the restroom. Uh, Coach Mike took the meeting at home plate. I think Heather was grabbing a snack. We were all recharging because, again, we were back to back to back in 105 degree heat here in Texas. And um, so Mike took the meeting and we had a situation where it was really crazy. It was a play at first base and we were on defense and um it was an overthrow and the ball went over our first baseman and the facilities that we were playing at they had one of those like nets that went in front of the dugout and the ball hit the net and bounced right back in play and so our first baseman was going for the ball um to try and make a play on the hitter that had rounded and was going towards two and while trying to get the ball, the runner ran into our first baseman and he called obstruction on our first baseman and gate and awarded her second base. Um, anyways, I didn't agree with the call. Um, neither did Heather nor Mike. So of course I call time and go to just ask the umpire for an understanding. And this particular umpire was <laughs> an, a, I'm going to say older gentleman. He was a much older gentleman. And um, I got out there and soon as I got, again, just jogged out there, tried to talk to him. Hey, Blue, um, can you explain what that calling was? I'm not understanding. And uh, because I genuinely did. And I had no idea what happened at the time. And he looked right at me and he said, were you the coach that took the meeting at home plate? And I said, no, sir. And he goes, you can't talk to me. <laughs> and I just looked at him and I was like, okay. So then at that point I'm jogging off. I'm like, Hey Mike, I need you to go handle this. And so Mike does his very best, but that would be an example of an umpire that just didn't really seem like he wanted to be there. Didn't, wasn't going to have a conversation. Didn't want to engage or explain anything. So um, yeah, that was just a whole big cluster. But then in between innings, he came over and explained it and we kind of smoothed things out, which that's kind of what I was getting to is in an instance where maybe things, they get a little heated. Um, you all also also have an opportunity to like make things right, whether it's an apology or like, hey, Blue, like my bad. I didn't, I, I didn't agree with the call, but I understand or like I'm going to behave or whatever you feel is appropriate in that moment. But part of um, kind of, I guess, recovery on if you do get a little bit out of control is just accountability and owning it and also showing your players that like, hey, that was not cool of me and I'm going to own it and make things right and whatever capacity makes sense at the time. Um, arguing, uh, Heather, I'm going to add to that cussing, uh, especially around young girls, um, the the F-bombs and the all of the just play, the words that have no business being on a softball field. 
Um, and uh, in addition to that, the like the slurs or the things they're picking up off TikTok and Insta- mm-hmm. Instagram and all of that stuff, um, making sure that you understand as a coach, there's no place for it on the softball field. I'm going to add to that also sarcasm. Sarcasm is yeah. just going to get under the umpire's skin. It's not a good example for your kids. Once again, with the example, um, you know, the kids are not going to, especially if it's something never obviously direct anything negative to the kids, but if you're ever sarcastic to the kids, they're not going to understand that it's a joke or, you know, sarcasm is often rooted in, in how you really feel and it's just covered up with a joke. So, I mean, they don't, they don't get that you're trying to be funny. They just, they just hear the insult or the negativity. Um, so once again, with the bad example, sarcasm has no place on the field. Well, and that's something too, that that would be an example of like the players, they probably don't understand it, but they're also going to repeat it. Absolutely. So they, they're in a situation where, okay, well, coach said it, so yeah. I'm going to say it. And then it's, it's going to just cause a lot of problems, especially when you get to that uh, second year, 12 U, 14 U, when they're already going through a whole bunch of yeah, other changes. So yeah, sarcasm. That's, that's a good ad, Heather. Um, I'm going to put that right up there with talking down to your players. Yeah. So when you're upset or about anything, um, do not take it out on your players, um, talking down to them, being mean. Um, as a coach, your, your primary job is to build them up their confidence. Um, there, I mean, a lot of these kids, the best part of their day is playing softball. So you want to make sure it's a positive, encouraging, fun environment. So if you're creating a, an environment or a situation where they're uncomfortable or you are actually hurting them with your words, that is, that's, that's probably at the top of my list for things not to do, because whether they made a, a mistake, uh, a mental error, a physical error, um, something that you have taught them a billion times and it just memory lapse in the moment, they didn't get it. Like at no point is it ever okay to tear them down. No. And, and that's not to say that you can't address uh, a mental mistake or an error on something that you've worked on so many times. That doesn't mean you can't address it. It just means that your delivery means everything. Um, and it's probably best to not, not try to address it right in the, in the moment on, on a lot of things. Um, it's, it's often best to let a little time pass, let your emotions settle down a little bit. And remember if they made a mistake or a mental error, they're not happy about it either. So they're going to be upset at the same time as well. So it's, it's, it is a good idea to let your emotions kind of settle out a little bit and let their emotions settle before addressing it. But definitely, um, you know, there's a right way to do it, to handle it when you're trying to address, you know, those mistakes or errors that, that you've worked on so many times. Yeah. And that's probably one of those things too, that depending on the situation, nine times out of 10, that's going to be something you want to address in a private conversation with them, not embarrassing them in front of their teammates in a group setting or screaming at them across the field in front of the other team and the parents and all of that. So again, kind of just reading the room, time and place, knowing when to say something, when to not, not saying not to address it, but again, um, time and place. Yeah. Knowing your players. Yeah. Um, and then also when things get out of control, like don't make excuses, um, do not teach your players that that's how we're going to respond when things don't go our way or, or pouting, um, pouting, making excuses, um, blaming other people or other situations that all goes back to accountability for me, which is like one of the most valuable play traits you can have, like as a coach and as a player. So, um, yeah, just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it gets under my skin when when you, you know, you play a game and you say you lose and you're not happy about it. And coach or, or even players are just blaming, oh, the umpire was terrible. And, you know, 
maybe they weren't great, but they were also not great for everyone. And you're just making an excuse. Let's instead focus on what we can control. Remember the controllables and, and work to get better for next time. Yeah. So maybe like the six errors and the 12 runners left on base. Like, yes, exactly. Um, so let's, uh, I want to take just a few minutes. I I shared one of my stories. I'm going to tell you guys (laughs) the only time I've ever seen Heather. I don't, I can't even say that you were heated because you were just like more animated than normal. But do you remember last season when there was the lineup cluster and there was like, I can't remember exactly what happened. I'll let you speak more to it, but I'm going to be honest. It was awesome seeing Heather get a little bit fired up because it is like a rare sighting. And I just sat back and like enjoyed the show. And she was, he was she was right. She's absolutely right. And she's going like toe to toe against two uh, male umpires, three male coaches, like just handling it. <laughs> well, I, I didn't handle it because I lost. Um, but yeah, they, they batted out of order. So when they, that it happened, the girl, I think got on. So I went and called time and, and we sorted it out. She was out. Um, and, and so everything was, we thought was good. And then we sit back down I start calling pitches again. And I realized they've batted out of order again. So I let, I let everything happen. I think she walked. And so I went and called time and, and tried to argue my case that they've added out of order again. Um, and then they, the umpire just refused. He, he acknowledged that they were out of order, um, but he refused to give me the out. Um, and so we asked for the, the UIC, the umpire in charge to come over <laughs> and, and then, and he, he acknowledged that you also acknowledged. She's, she's being kind. The UIC saw me and <laughs> it was like, no, we're, we're, we're just doing this coach. He, yes. He also acknowledged that they were out of order again and that she should be out, but they just refused. Um, the umpire, the umpire behind the plate said, well, I told him to, to bat this girl. It doesn't matter what you told them. They batted out of order. But anyway, um, yeah, the, so the umpire in charge came over and refused to to give us the out. And um, in fact, he just said, we're going to do a do over. So the, they got like just a free at bat to, to do it again. And it was didn't the yeah, same player bat three times. I, I, it was something crazy like that. It was mm. it was terrible. And I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that gets under my skin the most when the when we're not going to apply the rules. Um, I mean, the rules are rules for a reason. And. Black I felt white. like I felt like in that in that situation, like I was being penalized for knowing the rules, because if I had said something during her at bat, they would have just put the right girl in there and let it, you know, let her finish that bat and everything would have been fine. But since I knew the rules, I, you know, I played it strategically and I was I was penalized for for knowing the rules. Yeah, which that yeah, that was a fun game. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really fun game. The, I'm trying to think for me, there's only two others that really come to mind. One is, uh, uh, so Heather works with our catchers and they're fantastic. And we work a lot on, um, like reading batters out of the box and reading runners, um, taking really big leads and, uh, our catchers have full permission unless we tell them, Hey, we're just focusing on the batter to make a pickoff whenever they see fit and read a batter out of the box. And, try to draw an interference call and just to like be really heady back there behind the plate. And I can remember, honestly, that's probably what I have had to argue more than anything yes. since I started coaching is batters being either in the box and interfering or blatantly out of the box and interfering with a catcher's throw. And that's one that that's one that gets under my skin because again, knowing the, no rules, the rules, one, they're different sanction to sanction two, they're different 
same sanction tournament to tournament. Umpire to umpires. Just, yes. You never know what you're going to get. Yes. And so there have been tournaments where I've even asked the UIC ahead of, ahead of any ball in play. I'll go find them like, Hey, if this happens, knowing that it probably is going to, uh, what, what, how do I argue? What is the call? Um, so yeah, that's been, that's been one that has consistently got under my skin quite a bit. And then I think more than anything, the, like you said, the parents, um, and the umpires not being consistent on the rules that, that drives me nuts because to me, it's how can we teach our players the rules if the rules are consistently changing? Right. No, it's, it's the umpires that won't ask for help. They just refuse to, you know, admit that they may have been out of position or admit that they just didn't see it or admit that they, maybe they just didn't have a great view or, you know, anything like that. Just go talk to your partner and, and just appease me sometimes, you know, go talk, tell them I'm not changing my call, but I'm gonna come talk to you. And then, you know, just, just act like you're, you're going through the motions at times, you know, that would, that would make me so much happier uh, than just refusing to, to admit that maybe you could be wrong or you didn't see or out of position or what, whatever it might be that gets under my skin the most. So Heather, you and I are very similar when it comes to like rules, like black and white. I like knowing what we can do, can't do. Like I, I was very much straight and narrow. Have you ever been close to getting tossed? No. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Do you think I have ever been close to getting tossed? Yes. <laughs> do you remember which time? Not specifically, no. Florida. Do you remember that one? No. Our very first bracket game? No, I don't remember. We were playing USFA Nationals in Florida. Um, and so here's another thing. And this is this is going to make me sound awful, but I'm going to own it. Um Conditioning is very, very important to me and my team and my girls work so dang hard. So when we are playing teams and I get that we're in Texas and it's hot, but when we're playing teams that need like the water breaks every three minutes and like, and my girls are out there like barely sweating. Like I take a lot of pride in how hard those girls work. And I know that like, I don't know, it just, it makes me so proud as a coach. So anyways, there was a situation where we were at nationals in Florida and um, this umpire was awful, like absolutely atrocious from the get go. We had an instance of the batter interference call that he got wrong. Um, we had another instance where, uh, he wouldn't call a runner leaving early and she was like halfway to second base, just, just not paying attention. Um, but anyways, the, the pitcher, um, they have a rule where, uh, basically you get like one, one mound vis- visit every half inning, like one conference. And so this other coach had um, called a timeout for his pitcher and went and talked to her. And then we, and we were not playing like we were having a bad inning. Actually, no, we were having a really good inning. We were hitting, we were running, like we were rallying, coming back from behind. And um, so he had already had his conference. Well, then he was like, uh, blue, my, um, my pitcher needs water. And so he brought her water and I was like, Hey blue, he's already had his conference. He was like, Oh yeah, I know that he's not going to talk to her. And so he told her, coach don't talk to your pitcher just get her some water well he didn't listen he gave her water and was like right there coaching her and I was like hey blue like he's clearly coaching her uh he needs to pull her if he's gonna have a conversation and um and granted this was a pitcher that was dominating us so granted we were catching on and and getting some hits but it would have absolutely been in our best interest if he would have had to pull her and I mentioned that and the umpire was nasty to me like coach I'm just getting the water and I was like yeah but you you but you told him you told him not to talk to her and he's very clearly coaching her like I'm not arguing the water thing I'm arguing the coaching conference 
And he, it just got ugly. And that, that is the one instance where I can remember I lost my cool. And he told me that I needed to calm down. And I looked right at him and I said, well, you need to do your job. And I walked back in the dugout and I was just waiting for him to be like, coach, you're gone or something to the sort. And he didn't, he probably knew he's like, you know what, this coach is probably right. <laughs> but that was the one instance where I was not, I wasn't happy. I mean, I, I didn't yell. I wasn't disrespectful, but that was a one instance where I can remember as a coach, I was like, man, I was, I was kind of close. Yeah, close. Yeah. I was, I was walking a fine line there, but in the same breath, like it was, it was an awful game. Uh, on that note too, do you have any tips Heather for how to help keep parents like <laughs> not losing their mind when they, when things are going awry on the field? Right. I think that is, that's really difficult. I will just say that is difficult because it's, I mean, the parents are, they're grown adults just like you, and it's hard to, to put a little bit of control on them. Um, but I think the best thing you can do is to just set those expectations ahead of time. Um, you know, that's something that is always addressed at the beginning of every season that not only do we have expectations for our, our girls, our, our players, but the parents also have expectations as well. Um, we expect you guys to be respectful and not engage with the umpires. Um, if, if you don't like their call, uh, you don't have to like their call, but you cannot engage with them, yell at them, you know, be loud about it. Um, go take a walk, go play or go sit in the, you know, sort of in the outfield area um, so that you're not right there and feel tempted to, to engage with the umpires. And then if, if they need reminders, um, then you need to give them reminders. And if they, if they're still not listening, you just ask them to please leave um, or, you know, move to the outfield or what have you, but they, it needs to be addressed. It's not something that you can just let, let happen and hope that they, they do the right thing. Cause some parents just either they haven't had to, to behave themselves and they've never been forced to, or maybe they're just not going to, they don't want to, so they're not going to do it. Um, so you have to address those individuals when, when they get that way. Yeah. I'm a, uh, that's one of my favorites. I'm going to give a shout out to our friend LaDonna because she always says that whenever I address the the parents, she feels like she's in the principal's <laughs> office, <laughs> but it, it, it all comes from a good place and making sure that it's the best experience for the girls. Right. And I've had at the meetings at the plate before the games, I've had umpires that, um, you know, maybe they've had bad experiences with parents or maybe they're having a bad day with parents, whatever the, 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 reason is for them to, ha to have this sort of policy, whatever it might be. But I've had some of them say, you know, if, if your parents get rowdy and I have to toss a parent, you're going with them. Um, so anytime that happens, I always walk over straight from the meeting at the, at the plate to, to the stands. And I say, yeah, y'all better behave because if you, one of you gets tossed, I get tossed too. And usually at least with our group of parents, not that they ever have gotten tossed or anything like that, but they get like, it's important for the coaches to be on the field with the kids. So they, you know, they make the extra effort to behave themselves. Yeah. And I can appreciate and respect the umpires that kind of set that expectation yeah. from the get go, because then it, it kind of helps keep emotions in check and you've, that's kind of your warning from yeah. the get go. Right. So you're, you know how to behave. And um, we've had the same instance with different teams that we've played against, like getting a heads up on, Hey, this coach gets yeah. rowdy or it's like, Oh, great. This game's no, going to be yes. fun. <laughs> yeah, I like it when that happens. That um, tells me we're probably going to get some calls. Yeah, absolutely. The The odds are already in our favor. Yes. So, so well, I'm sure we could go on and on all day about this. And I, I know I've got plenty other examples of umpire and parent issues and whatnot. But I will add that we're very blessed that we have a great group of players and parents that we get to, to coach. So that definitely helps. But 
for you guys that are um, either new to coaching or kind of just still finding your coaching style and your bearings, um, I think this all goes down back down again to communication, setting expectations. Um, if you're upset with something, finding an effective and respectful way to communicate that um, with whoever your audience is, players, parents, coaches, does not matter. Just make sure that you're you're doing your best to be calm, cool, collected, and actually have a conversation yet, rather than a screaming or a belittling match. Right. Um, emotions get heated. Don't do anything to embarrass yourself. Yeah. Or your players. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, n- there's nothing worse than like players that are associated with a terrible coach and like, Oh, you play for that coach. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah. Just keep it, 